And so before we continue to submerge into our inheritance that is contained in the Word of God, the unchanging epigraph of our study, our submersion into the Word of God, our inheritance, is Luke 24:44. Then Jesus said to his disciples, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written about me in the laws of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. For us as partakers of the body of Christ, to share with Christ the fulfillment of all that is written about him in Scripture, we will continue to study our collaboration with the Holy Spirit, what we need to do or what is to be done from our side so that we receive the right to the power to put off our former way of life so we put on the new form of life. Ephesians 4.22-24 That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. And to fulfill this command, as we know, we need to use or utilize three required and fundamental verbs, and these are to put off, be renewed, and put on. Specifically, our decision regarding these three destiny-affecting questions will depend on whether we transform ourselves into a vessel of mercy or a vessel of wrath, or more specifically, will the completion of our salvation happen that is given to us in the format of a guarantee, or will we lose it and our names be forever blotted out of the book of life, although they may have been written there at one time. In a particular format, we have already looked at the first two questions and have been studying the question, what conditions are to be fulfilled, to, by the means of an already renewed mind, begin the process. We renew our mind by the spirit of our mind. We can then begin the process of dressing ourselves into the power of our new person that is created in accordance to God in Christ Jesus in righteousness and holy truth. Linked to the clothing ourselves into our new person, we came to the conclusion that we need God's help, that is, we need His mercy. The means of receiving any kind of help from God, in this case mercy, is prayer and worship. As prayer itself is the right that a man gives heaven to intervene on earth, and we are called to give God this right only upon his established conditions. One of these is the prayer of David written in the 143rd Psalm, where we give God or he gives God the right to interlope or interject into his life. The mercy that continued in his heart within the rightful boundaries of the fields of truth is the exact component of our next and next uh, subject of study. Psalm 143 and lower. Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness answer me, and in your righteousness. Do not enter into judgment with your servant, for in your sight no one living is righteous. For the enemy has per persecuted my soul, he has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me to dwell in darkness like like those who go long into the dead and the pit. Therefore my spirit is overwhelmed within me, my heart within me is distressed. I remember the days of old, I meditate on all your works, I muse on the works of your hands, I spread out my hands to you, my soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Answer me speedily, O Lord, my spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down into the pit.
Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which, in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. In you I take shelter. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake. For your righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble. In your mercy, cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul. For I am your servant. Therefore, to be heard by God, David needed to present to God a basis, a cause, or a particular right that would be able to serve as sufficient evidence before God. And such an evidence he presented in this particular prayer were ten arguments that David presented to God, saying, Hear me. As he says, hear me, hear my prayer in your faithfulness and your righteousness. And when he would say this, hear my prayer in your faithfulness and righteousness, not the, he didn't mean the words that were written in the Torah, but the words that were written upon his heart, because God will never listen to us if we will just say, Lord, hear me because you wrote that in your Bible. If we will not uh, rewrite this upon our heart and speak it as the faith of our heart, as something that our heart possesses, God won't speak with us. David presented to God the things that were in his heart. He presented the arguments that were within his heart. Hear my prayer in your faithfulness and in your righteousness. Hear my prayer because I remember the days of old, because they were in his heart and in his mind. I meditate on all your works. Hear my prayer because I spread out my hands to you. Not very many people pray with their hands lifted to God. Some don't understand the significance or meaning of, of uh, raising their hands to God. David said, the raising of my hands is as an evening sacrifice to you. There is meaning in this. Those, what we spread our hands towards is what we trust in. People can't just spread out their hands and hold them before God. This is something scary for them, or they feel they're unworthy, or their hands get heavy and they can't lift them because they're embarrassed, or they have some kind of complexity. But Apostle Paul wrote, God likes that men lift up their hands without doubt and impurity. Hear my prayer, for in you do I trust. Hear my prayer because I lift up my soul to you. Hear my prayer because in you I take shelter. Whatever may happen, whatever you may lose, whatever loss you may experience, I, or I experience, I run to you or I take shelter in you. If you remember Saul, he went to a witch because God was not responding. But David did not turn away from God, even though God was silent. And he waited until God answered him. Hear my prayer, for you are my God. I have no other gods, you are my God. Hear my prayer for your name's sake. Hear my prayer for your righteousness' sake. Hear my prayer, for I am your servant. I am not the servant of my lusts, my ambitions, desires. I am not a, a servant of my nation, of my house. I am not a servant of my denomination. I am your servant. 
In the previous services, we had already studied the nature of the first argument that gave God the lawful right to stand on the side of David in his oppositions against his enemies. And stop to study the second argument. This is evidence of the fact that David abided in the memories of the days of old and all the deeds that God had done in those days. This is a fairly important part of faithfulness and righteousness in which David continued and the Holy Spirit has... Uh, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit has uh, pretty much held us up here because this is very important. And so this is a fairly important part of faithfulness and righteousness in which David continued and what he presented to God in prayer as an argument saying, Hear me because I remember the days of old and all your works done by you in those days. Therefore, to keep within your heart the memories of the olden days and all of the works of God that God had done in those days, in essence, is to keep in your heart faithfulness and righteousness that testify before God of the results of the great work of redemption, to keep within your heart thummim, the truth. This will give God the ability to reveal within our heart the multitude of His mercies by the means of the Urim. The Urim itself will not be able to function if it will be... We know that Urim is the light or revelation that comes as the Holy Spirit that reveals what is already in our heart and not what is written in the Bible. What we will receive into our heart, we want to understand everything with our mind, but as we don't understand it, we d reject it. And when the Holy Spirit comes and there's nothing in the heart, because if our head does not understand, we don't receive it, we say, how can we listen to this? It's not, how can we listen to it? It's that these are the words of God. And if I don't understand them, then I will gladly accept them and place them upon the table of showbreads. This is the food of God. And when he comes and he sees the thummim, this truth, this faithfulness and righteousness, he will begin to reveal his mercy through the Urim and reveal that mystery that lies in what is misunderstood or not understood. In other words, to be heard by God, it is necessary to keep within your mind the works of God that he had done in the days of old. For this reason, we came to the necessity to study a series of such questions. First, who or what, in its essence, is the remembrance of the works of God that were done in the days of old? Secondly, what purpose is the remembrance of God's work called to fulfill within our heart the work he has done in the days of old? What price is necessary to be paid to have or possess within your heart the works of God? that he had done in the days of old and what results follow from having in yourself the remembrance of the works of God done by him in the days of old. Studying the first question, what by itself is memory, in its essence as well as its definition, we came to the conclusion that memory is a safe of information or a treasury of image information that has been recorded or received from the real or physical world, from the realm of the spiritual world, and the inherited genetic line received by us from the life of our fathers. We together are a program, a system, program system, a living uh, program. Every cell of our body can fit the program of eternity, start, starting from Adam and ending with the last man, the destiny of all men. <clears throat> and so based on the words of Scripture, specifically the memory of a person identifies the essence of this person as well as his sovereign boundaries. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he, Proverbs 23.7. Considering that memory is information contained in the form of thoughts, 
We keep upon the tablets of our heart and thereafter proclaim before God His works done by Him in the days of old. We transform into the image of our thinking. We transform ourselves into the image of the deeds of God that is in our heart, His greatness, His glory. And then all hell will fear. All hell would fear if we would be able to keep within our heart the memory of the works of God that he had done. Look at them, and when we look at them, when, then we transform ourselves into those deeds. We become then the work of God, the great and glorious work of God. And so from our side, this is the right that we give God when we look and remember the works of God, we give God the right for the entry of his mercies into our life. John 2, 7, or Jonah 2, 7, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. He remembered at the time of his difficulty and his sorrow what was written, it came to him, and he remembered and his prayer that came from his heart. It came from his heart because it was in his heart, and the Lord heard it. If it was not in his heart, it would have been empty words. It will not be heard by God and it will actually prompt God's wrath. We speak the things that are not in our heart, we, we speak the things written in scripture but are not written in our heart. And we will remember that due to our abilities that God has placed into us in the moment of our creation, we are unable to keep within our heart the memory of the works of God done by Him in the days of old and at the same time look upon the works of men. Therefore, keeping within our heart the mem memory of the works of God done by Him in the days of old, we blot out the memory of the works of men that our fathers had passed down to us through the sinful seed, sickness, destruction, uh, solitude, depression destruction of all kinds, uh, but when we look at the works that God has done, they will blot out this information. And the opposite effect, when we focus our eyes and our thoughts upon the works of men, we focus our thoughts upon getting rich, glory on earth, to live here well on earth or receive some kind of gift from God, to live looking at the works of men the things that men do and not the things that God does. We then blot out the memory of the works of God within our heart if they were there, and in this way deprive ourselves of the right to eternal life and ourselves condemn ourselves to perish in the lake of fire. To keep within your heart the memory of the works of God done by him in the days of old is the choice, role, and responsibility of a man. The memory of a person by itself is the strength and weapon of a man, and if you take his memory from him, he will appear as a destroyed city. Prover uh, Psalm 9.6, O enemy destructions are finished forever, and you have destroyed cities, even their memory has perished. <clears throat> Remembrance of the works of God is the inheritance of Christ. This is the faith of God, and this faith is passed down as an inheritance from one righteous generation to another righteous generation from a father to a son but you O lord shall endure forever and the remembrance of your name to all generations psalm 102 12. the remembrance of the works of god sealed upon the heart of a person is the holiness of god and the component of his unfading glory
this remembrance God sees when he looks at his, uh, his uh, remembrance in us we unite and we become this work of God we unite with it and we are then his holiness his unfading glory Psalm 34 sing praise to the Lord you saints of his Based upon the many sentences in Scripture, all of the miracles and works of God that were done by Him in the days of old can be memorable in our hearts upon one condition, and that is that if they are written upon the tablets of our heart as a revelation of who God is for us and what He has done for us. He has made His wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Psalm 111.4. Studying the second question, what purpose is the remembrance of the works of God done by Him in the days of old and written upon the tablets of our heart called to fulfill in the relationship we have with God? We, in a particular format, have already looked at three components that serve as a memorial before God and stopped to study the fourth component, and this is the breastplate of judgment that were upon, was upon the breast of, of the high priest. The scriptures say you are a royal priesthood. Each one of us is called to be a royal priesthood, a king and a priest at the same time. And so the breastplate of judgment is that component that lie upon the chest of the high priest, and it was unlike the other components that also served as a memorial for God, like the uh, shoulder pieces, but it was unlike uh, all the other components that served as a memorial for God because it was a continual memorial before God. Unlike the others that were just a memorial, but they were not a continual memorial. <clears throat> as we remember, and God remembered, as we, as we know, as we read, God remembered Noah. This is just something he remembered, that, something that comes to God, because that is when he needs to fulfill something or do something. But a continual remembrance or memorial before God is a continual work happening and continual participation of a person that is inspired by the Holy Spirit to fulfill something continually. The perfect will of God that something is the perfect will of God. Practically, if the place of worship in our heart satisfies the norms or requirements of truth that we see revealed in the order of God's theocracy, upon which God has placed a remembrance for His name, to enter into the presence of the Lord, we will need the element of a continual remembrance before the Lord. This breastplate of judgment, which we need to carry continuously at our heart as a continual memorial before God, this means that this command belongs exclusively to the heart of a person. And so, understandably, the materials, means, measurements, and building of the breastplate of judgment can be received only in one way, and that is by the instructions of faith. But to make and place it upon our heart is already our holy role and our responsibility before God. Therefore, the breastplate of judgment as an item of continual remembrance or a continuing memorial before God is a symbol of the format of continual prayer. This is the most powerful form of prayer. Some people ask, sometimes people ask me, what is the most powerful prayer? Is this one with, is a prayer with fasting the most powerful form of prayer? No, a most powerful form of prayer is a continual prayer. If you imagine you'll need to pray 10, 15, all, all your life you need to pray. You won't fast all your life, but you need to pray continuously. This is a, talking about a different form of prayer.
Prayer that is not in accordance to the requirements and characteristics of the breastplate of judgment does not have the right to be called prayer. This is a continual communication with God that is not interrupted by sin. Only the format of continuous prayer gives us the right to enter into the holy place as kings and priests of the, of the Lord that are called to present the interests of the judgments of God in accordance to those commandments and statutes that identify the union of the teachings of Jesus Christ that came in the flesh and the twelve precious stones and the twelve names of the sons of Jacob written upon these stones. It's talking about the breastplate of judgment and the precious stones, the twelve precious stones that were upon this breastplate of judgment, uh, three rows, and there were names carved upon those stones. Colossians 4.2, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. The scriptures call us to have this breastplate of judgment. Continual prayer is not possible without the breastplate of judgment. I remember <clears throat> when we just started these services, when we were still on Stanley, the, uh, one person uh, was in our church and and so he took up a prayer in the service and he said, Lord, thank you that I pray 16 hours a day. When I, we stood up, I, I said, brothers and sisters, this is an example of how not to pray, because the scriptures say to pray continually, not 16 hours a day. He began to complain and shout, that, saying that I'm a heretic and so forth, and I said, we, we don't uh, accept this kind of behavior in the church, and then I said, brothers, please take him out, and he was resistant, and the brothers that took him were larger than him, so, and he was uh, very resistant, but they took him out behind the door anyway. We had to do this a couple of times because people would come and uh, uh, behave like a hooligan. To, they came to just uh, boast about something uh, of their own. Uh, there's no more people uh, uh, that do this, of course, uh, because it's become clear. And so people sometimes speak of our church. They watch from a distance, say, oh, well, they pass away or something. They always spread some kind of rumors, but we continue to live. Continuity in prayer is connected to vigilance that is presented in a status of a destiny affecting commandment, identifying the state and atmosphere of our burning lamp. Luke 21, 36, watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Specifically, continual prayer will give us the ability the element of continual prayer, this doesn't mean that you need to continually stand on your knees or whisper something always. Prayer is a communication with God that is in, not interrupted by sin. If we do something at work, we do our work as for like for the Lord, this is an element of continual prayer. When we in our house are doing something as we are doing it for the Lord, this is an element of continual prayer. Everything that you do, do from your soul as for the Lord. You serve in this way Jesus Christ. This before God is seen as service to Him, because some think that service to God is only when we gather here in church. No, a service to the Lord continues 24 hours a day. When we go to sleep, we continue to serve the Lord. When Jacob was dying, he bowed down next to his bed because that's where he received revelations. He continued to meditate about God and going to sleep 
sleep, he didn't think, oh, what did I not yet do? What, I, what do I need to do tomorrow? He meditated about the truth, about the Word of God. Sometimes people come to me and ask, how can I meditate? And so I... I say you can't meditate about the truth that you already know. Meditate about the things you don't know. Place some kind of truth before you that you did not understand, uh, that is not fully clear. You couldn't fully understand it. Place it in your mind before the Lord and walk and fall asleep with it and surround surround it surround yourself uh, with these truth with these truths. Um, because you cannot meditate about something that's already understood. But when it's something not fully understood, understood, you want to understand it, and you meditate about that, and the Lord will begin to reveal to you the, the, the meaning of it. You hear and you say, may it be in accordance to your word. When you hear the word it's being, that's being preached, just as Mary, the mother of Christ, she placed all the words of Christ that he spoke to her into her heart. The disciples also, they heard Jesus speak, and many things they didn't understand, but they placed it into their heart. And they would think about these things and say, what is... What did the teacher mean when he talked about him, the fact that he's going to die, or how, or how he talked about us eating his body and drinking his blood? The rest scattered, and and the twelve remained. If you remember, and he said, they they said to him, uh, teacher, the rest scattered. They couldn't hear it anymore. But he asked them, do you want to also leave? But they said, no. We know you have the words of eternal life. Those that the Lord has planted, they will not fall away from me, he said, because the Lord has planted them to, uh, into me. The building of the breastplate of judgment has a particular order, what, when, and how you need to do what to be within the requirements of a worshiper that God seeks. Breaking the order and the building of the order of the breastplate of judgment, identifying the state and nature of the worshiper, will not be able to be called the breastplate of judgment. John 4, 23, 24. An amazing uh, truth that Jesus spoke not to his disciples, but one-on-one -on -one with a Samaritan woman at the well. And he knew that this would be written forever. People will learn of it, and people will read of it, and all his disciples will learn of it as well. Here's what he said to this woman when he she asked him, teach me how to pray. She saw in him a prophet. The first thing this woman asked him, she didn't ask something of him, materialistic uh, for her life. If you pay attention, she said, tell me, where do we pray or how do we pray? Our fathers say upon this mountain Gerizim, you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place to worship God. Her fathers, the Samaritans, were not allowed to worship in Jerusalem. They moved because they wanted to. They received the God of Israel. They began to worship Him. They wanted to serve together with Israel. But the hard-necked people, uh, the individuals, the priests, they uh, forbid them from serving. And they said only the Jews can worship here. They also circumcised themselves, but they did not receive their circumcision. Although in Scripture it said any person who is circumcised need to be as a regular Israelite or be received as one. And so they fulfilled the command uh, from afar. I know a lot of people who came who are circumcised, but... It, 
But if you are not able to uh, show evidence that uh, that you have a blood, a, a Jewish blood from at least the mother, you will not be received as a Jew. But just circumcision itself, they don't receive and they do and they continue to do the same thing today. But it's written, but the hour is coming and now is. The Samaritan asked, how do we pray and where? How do we worship? John 4, 23, 24. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And so to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, you need to be a true worshiper by the state of your heart that is expressed in the motives of your heart, that a person speaks truth within his heart. And the confession of this state, you then identify that faith of your heart. Upon practice, this means not to peddle the truth when you strive to reach the goals that has, God has placed in Scripture, as people have done at all times and continue to do today, either due to their hard heart, their hypocrisy, their greed, or jealousy. And so to be vigilant in prayer, and in this way, be in accordance to the requirements of the breastplate of judgment or a true worshiper, we began to study the order of the building of the breastplate of judgment that makes us worshipers of God within the order that the scriptures present. Exodus 28, 15, 16. You shall make the breastplate of judgment artistically woven according to the workmanship of the ephod. To be a worshiper of God, you need to be artistic. And these, this is the word of God and the Holy Spirit that can make us artistically woven in this situation. You shall make it just as the ephod, workmanship of the ephod. You shall make it of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen. You shall make it. It shall be doubled into a square, a span shall be its length, and a span shall be its width. This is the only comp uh, item upon the breastplate of the high priest that was in accordance to the building of the great Jerusalem because the temple was not in within the same requirements, but the breastplate of judgment was as the heavenly Jerusalem. Worship was shown exactly in the same way, identically. It was a span both ways. We note that in the Septuagint, that is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible, is called Septuagint. The breastplate of judgment is called the sign of justice. The symbol of the breastplate of judgment, as we see, is revealed as the conscience of a man purified from dead works. Upon the tablets of whom, just as a sign of the teaching of Jesus Christ that came in the flesh is written in the twelve teachings of Christ. In this way specifically, the conscience that is purified of dead works with the writing of faithfulness and righteousness upon its tablets will identify the nature of a true worshiper that will give God the right to act in them and through them upon planet earth. And it is these kinds of worshipers that the Heavenly Father seeks for himself. John 4, 24, 23, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. We're not talking about people of the flesh or uh, spiritual children. These people are not able to worship in spirit and in truth. In order to worship in spirit and in truth, you need to come out of the position of spiritual childhood. Ignorance in knowing the truth that is contained in the teaching of Jesus Christ that came in the flesh will not allow a person to worship in the conscience of his spirit that is not cleansed from dead works. 
because within his conscience there will be an absence of truth, that is the absence of the breastplate of judgment, that identifies his right to enter into the presence of God to present the perfect will of the Heavenly Father. And there will be an absence of ju judgment there, the conscience will judge him incorrectly. Our conscience judges us <coughs> based upon what we place there or write, write there. If we have uh, written a bunch of ri uh, religious uh, laws or requirements within our heart, uh, and we have not written healthy re uh, revelations of the Thummim there. We just wrote the works of men there. Only when we uh, become spiritual, we differentiate the works of God from the works of men. And we will see that things that were preached, or the things we believed, were actually just the, the shell or dead works that it's not your washing of your feet or the fact that you bore many children or that you uh, overwork yourself or that you cover your head every day with a cloth. These things don't save you and people think that these things save them. One Episcopal in my presence said to his wife, well, how are you saving yourself? He, she said, she said, I'm bearing children and I asked, how about the husband? Uh, is, it, is he saving himself through sweat? And she said, yes. Uh, and he told her, my dear, don't worry, you're going straight to heaven. And so imagine people believe these kinds of things and they will think that they're going to heaven and find out that the things that they followed were not in scripture. Bearing children is freedom. It's, it's, it was a blessing that was added to people. God blessed them. He blessed man and said, be fruitful and multiply. He didn't command them to multiply. He blessed them to multiply. And he didn't say, if you will not be fruitful, increase, you will die. He said, you, God bless them. I oftentimes show examples. You're hungry, for example. They give you 10 loaves of bread. This is a blessing. Will you eat it all? Or will you eat as much as you need to and not eat anymore? But when people say you need to eat it all, this will be overeating, this will be a sin. Why do you bear so many children that you cannot live, can't sleep, can't pray to God, you can't discipline them or see them? This is not possible. You will say, Jacob had... 12 children, Jacob had four wives that bore them and servants, every wife had servants as well and these people disciplined them, there were a lot of helpers, these were all people, these, these were princes who, allowed, who were able to allow themselves to have so many children, people, God, God's chosen people never bore children just because. This is your role, not God's. Imagine people live in one room. I knew families that there were uh, 11 children and they lived in one room for all of them, 11 children. She bore nine children and she was pregnant again. And every imagine when people gathered to, for church there. It was un unbelievable. And they said, God will provide. God provides where his will is. This is your will, man for to whether to bear children or not if you cannot care for them a child needs to be desired and wanted if one uh, if one wants a child and another doesn't and you have a child 
Pretty much all uh, families have a lot of children. Uh, they uh, were born and they knew that they weren't wanted. There were always continual conflict of the husband and wife were always in a continual conflict bearing children and the child knew that they were not wanted and the child uh, felt those things even as a baby. I'm just uh, bringing forth an example uh, how people uh, pervert the truth and they place this into their into their conscience and the conscience judges them when they don't do it. Some say you can't eat meat and they've written this there. I, I worked with one uh, religious man and and uh, these people they were following the Sabbath day as they considered the Saturday uh, and I, I had uh, taken some eggs and I put salt on them and I was eating them and uh, I asked them why they're not eating it and they said it's because there's a soul there they say in the egg and I said yes and I said let us check and there was a large light in the in that place and I, I was helping these people at the time and I took the egg and I put it next to the light I knew how I I, I know how, how to check them uh, as people usually would check them there are eggs that are where there's no uh, and I showed them and I said there's no soul in this egg and then I showed another one another egg and another egg there's no soul inside and 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 so I told them if you uh, kill a, a rooster uh, and eat them, all the eggs you'll have will not have souls. An egg itself is just the material for life. Uh, this, uh, the little chickens I would be able to eat when it's developing will be eating uh, the material that's in there. But when they looked at, at me, when they found out, they they looked at each other and said, "This is God sent you to us. Glory to God, now we're going to eat eggs. But I just said you need to eat the, the rooster and the, the chickens will continue to have eggs and they will not be fertile eggs. And the conscience judged them. Uh, they put this information into their conscience not to eat them and they didn't, even though it was not forbidden. <coughs> and so we have been studying the next requirement. And you shall put settings of stone in it, four rows of stones. The first row shall be a sardius, topaz, and emerald. Second is the turquoise, sapphire, and diamond. Uh, third row, jacinth, agate, and amethyst. And fourth row, beryl, onyx, and jasper. And the stones shall have the names of the sons of Israel, twelve according to their names. Like the engraving of a signet, each one with its own name, they shall be according to the twelve tribes. Exodus 28, 17 through 21. And so when they were upon the uh, chest of the high priest, no one saw the names that were carved on these stones because they were on the inside. On the outside, all you were able to see were the stones themselves. And each precious stone uh, identified a characteristic of God himself, a specific name of God you were able to see within the stone. 
and also the, it presented the characteristics of the worshiper because the worshiper needed to have the characteristics of God. If he does not uh, possess the characteristics of the Heavenly Father, he cannot then be a worshiper. The precious stones needed to be mounted into the golden filigree settings. Therefore, it was necessary, just as the shoulder pieces of the ephod, to prepare and place 12 golden filigree settings into the breastplate of judgment in four rows, three settings per row. Therefore, the 12 golden filigree settings is a symbol of God's judgment in the teaching of Jesus Christ that came in the flesh written upon the tablets of our heart that we as worshipers of God are called to present in our continual prayer. And so these golden filigree settings is the teaching of Jesus Christ. And now we need to not uh, uh, change or fix it to our own desire or character. We need it. Uh, we need to prepare them so that the precious stones fit perfectly into those settings. As you know, if there's a diamond and that, or, or a ring that you're wearing uh, and there's a little setting and the stone is placed just to the size of that setting. <coughs> And the twelve precious stones with engraved upon them as a signet, names of the sons of Israel, is an image and format of our continual prayer, presenting the perfect judgment of God. Upon practice, continual prayer, presenting the perfect judgment of God, is called to happen by confessing with our mouth the faith of our heart. This is confessing of the faith of the heart. The layout of the precious stones upon the breastplate of judgment in four rows, three per row, are well reflected in the twelve foundations of the wall of the New Jerusalem, as well as the layout of the twelve pearly gates, three on each side of the New Jerusalem. There are four teachings, and there are teachings in the four teachings, three teachings in each of the four. But with one main difference, upon the breastplate of judgment, upon the twelve precious stones, the twelve sons of Jacob are carved in a different format, not as it is in the gates of the, uh, the pearly gates or the twelve foundations, as we know. Therefore, the breastplate of judgment with its precious stones carries in itself a different function, a different purpose, and a different consistency than the twelve foundations and the twelve gates of the New Jerusalem. The twelve precious foundations of the wall of the New Jerusalem are called to serve as the principal foundation of our salvation, the functions of which are called to lead us to perfection, a perfection that is in the likeness of our Heavenly Father. Songs of Solomon 8.10 I am a wall and my breast like towers, then I become in his eyes as one who found peace. In other words, when it's talking about a person when he is a wall, if she would have been a wall, we would have built upon her silver tents. Silver is salvation. The tower is always in the wall, too. I, st I stood upon the tower, and I stood watch and waited to hear what God would say to me. And so the wall from the twelve, uh, with the twelve foundations is a symbol of perfection and the twelve gates of the New Jerusalem, each one with quality of a wholesome pearl, presenting the image or symbolizing a living sacrifice, are called to serve as testimony that we continue within the trials of Christ.
As we know, the pearl is the result of the suffering of a mollusk, and so it, it receives uh, something inside of itself or gets a, a, a small stone or something and begins to cover it or coat it with this pearl. Uh, and while that item or that little thing is inside, it continues to coat it, and the larger the pearl will be. <clears throat> it's proven it's the same way a person needs to have this pearl as well. He needs to have the key, and so the pearly gates are the keys that open access to the tree of life, identifying in our heart the kingdom of heaven. The pearly gates themselves are not the kingdom, they are the keys to entering to the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> Luke 22, 28, 29, But you are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my Father bestowed one upon me. The twelve precious stones upon, upon the breastplate of judgment are called to present us as worshippers of God abiding in continual prayer, serving as an eternal memorial or remembrance before God, when God can continually communicate with us and we, <clears throat> as continu uh, continually worshipping him can understand what's happening in our heart. Upon practice, continual prayer pouring out of the heart of a man is called to present the interests of the perfect will of God and our, not our own personal desires or needs. Continual prayer is an expression of our hope or reliance upon God, that upon the tablets of our heart are the twelve precious stones with the carved upon them twelve names of the patriarchs and mounted into the golden filigree settings. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, Hebrews 10.35. The twelve precious stones upon the breastplate of judgment applies to our continual prayer, and this is testimony of our hope upon God that gives us the ability to know and abide in the principal teachings of Christ that came in the flesh. In this way, if the new Jerusalem will not be mapped out upon our heart with the wall that consists of the twelve precious foundations and the twelve gates made of a pearl, we will not have any ability to build a relationship with God upon the level of the breastplate of judgment with the twelve precious stones and the Urim and the Thummim giving us the lawful right to enter before the face of the Lord and present His perfect judgments. <clears throat> And to better understand how the building of the breastplate of judgment upon the tablets of our heart will be a continual holiness and remembrance before God by the means of our continual prayer by which we receive the ability to call upon God, then the names of the sons of Israel carved upon the twelve precious stones of the breastplate of judgment of the high priest like a signet need to be written upon the tablets of our heart by the order of their birth. Because the precious stones mounted into the golden filigree settings into the breastplate of judgment upon the tablets of our heart will testify of our quality and our right before God. <clears throat> and the names of the sons of Israel carved upon the twelve precious stones of the breastplate of judgment are called to demonstrate our quality and function before God. The quality and function is identified by continual prayer that serves as a continual reminder before God. We note that the meanings in Hebrew of the twelve precious stones demonstrated specific names of God that a true worshiper of God is to collaborate with, and the twelve names of the sons of Jacob demonstrated the quality and function 
that a worshiper of God is to have. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Yes, I will give you the ability to suffer with me. When the disciples were able to suffer for Christ's sake, they were rejoicing. But today, if a person needs to suffer, a Christian, uh, they go and and uh, file a lawsuit or go into judgment with the one that uh, upset them. They ask me, why do you not uh, uh, sue these people? One of the brothers who had performed a division and changed the locks in the church, one of our previous churches, I told him, you know, if you, if you know, do you know that if uh, the, they find out about this, that you can actually go to, uh, you will actually go to prison. And, but he said, I know something about you too, that you're a religious fanatic and that you won't do, you will not uh, sue me. I presented everything to God and I continued to. I don't consider myself as a religious fanatic. I consider myself a worshiper of God and can prove it in accordance to Scripture. I say that you are Peter, you are this living rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And so if a person has these trials, then all the things that he binds he sees that what God has bound in heaven, and he can bind it on earth. <clears throat> the earth depends from the heavens and not the heavens from the earth. In the original it's written you will bind only what has already been bound in heaven till this time. The keys of the kingdom of heaven allowing us to bind on earth that which God has already bound in heaven, these are the 12 principles that continual prayer is supposed to have, contained in the symbol of the 12 precious stones of the breastplate of judgment. The breastplate of judgment is an item that is a continual memorial before God. It identifies a true worshiper in the rank of royal priesthood. And again, we know that this breastplate of judgment has different functions and different purposes than the uh, 12 uh, foundations. <clears throat> and before we continue to study within ourselves the 12 qualities of a worshiper allowing us to worship in spirit and in truth we need to note once more that just as all of the beauty and order of the temple was built for one holy item and served the one and only item and this was the golden ark of the covenant the Holy of Holies, everything was created for the Golden Ark of the Covenant. The ephod of the high priest with the con connected to it breastplate of judgment was created for and served only one holy item that very accurately was called to duplicate and fulfill the function of the Golden Ark. This was the Urim and the Thummim. The breastplate of judgment was necessary to, so that you can place the Urm and Thummim into it. Because of the Urm and the Thummim, the entire dress of the high priest existed. The linen garments, the, the breastplate of judgment itself, all of these things existed for the sake of the Urm and the Thummim.
As the ephod of the high priest, as we see here, it was created again to serve only one item and it very accurately duplicated or fulfilled the function of the golden ark. This was the arm and the thummim. The golden ark as well as the breastplate of judgment symbolically represented the conscience of a man that is cleansed from dead works. When a conscience of a man is cleansed from dead works, uh, the teaching of Jesus Christ is written there. In the ark, we know the commandments were there, and God was revealing himself at, on, from the mercy seat or the lid. If in the heart of a priest, the commandments were there at the heart of a priest, God revealed himself from, uh, because of the urm and the thummim. The urm and the thummim mean or have this kind of translation. One does not exclude the other, but they just reveal the essence of one the other. This is light and perfection. Light is, is urm and perfection is thummim. Light and the right or revelation and truth. Urm is revelation and the teaching of Jesus Christ is the thummim, the truth. The Ten Commandments that were placed inside the Ark of the Covenant was truth, and this truth is was the thummim upon the breastplate of judgment. The revelation that a person was able to receive at the mercy seat uh, was the thummim upon the breastplate of judgment. Only a person that contains a conscience that is cleansed from dead works or a wise heart upon the tablets of whom the truth is written can be a worshiper of God. This is the Thummim. That is why the revelation of God that is in the form of the Urim was able to be with that is able to be within the boundaries of the truth in the form of the Thummim is the teaching of Jesus Christ that came in the flesh. Exodus 31 6 I have put wisdom in the heart of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you. So that they build of yourself you build of yourself a royal house, you need to place into your heart the truth. And when God sees this truth, this wisdom, he by the th- by the urim will place another wisdom and we will be able to with the urim and the thummim through the truth we've placed inside and the revelation of the Holy Spirit we will be able to build ourselves into a royal pre- uh, house or a holy house in a particular format we have already studied the first five qualities of a worshipper and the virtue of the four precious stones ruby, topaz, emerald, car- carbuncle and sapphire they had upon them carved like a signet the names of Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah and Dan by them God was able to continually re- reveal himself and his interests upon planet Earth. Therefore, we will immediately turn to the sixth quality of a worshiper revealed upon the breastplate of judgment out of judgment of our heart and the virtue of the precious stone diamond. And the sixth quality of a worshiper on the bre- upon the breastplate of, of our heart, the item by which God is able to continue reveal, revealing himself upon planet Earth, we see in the virtue of the precious stone diamond and the sixth name in the second row from the bottom upon the precious stone of the breastplate of judgment was the name Niftali, which means wrestler, Genesis, Genesis 37 and 8. And Rachel's maid Bila conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, with great wrestlings, I have wrestled with my sister and indeed I have prevailed. So she called his name Niftali. Diamond is a brilliant stone. The word brilliant really doesn't apply to any other stone except for the diamond. This includes gemstones faceted in some other kind of way that isn't the brilliant shine and polish of a diamond. The diamond itself, the brilliant diamond, it is the hardest uh, stone.
the, the diamond stone. It can cut through any rock or and any uh, metals, and nothing will happen to it. It is so strong. In its consistency, it is so strong and durable. One of our brothers was telling uh, me he was working uh, uh, in the place where they uh, they draw uh, fuels and uh, and uh, people uh, on a helicopter fl fly over and they have uh, and they fly, they, they're flying over us he said and they had two men with guns and uh, large guns and uh, came and they take uh, the large diamond stones if they uh, if they have them this this diamond is so precious if they find any they take it um, the diamond or the brilliant stone is a pure carbon and that is why it is it possesses such a hardness or solidity from ancient times the diamond was considered a symbol of power success luxury and victory the diamond was valued for its healing qualities durability and of course its aesthetic qualities only people belonging to what was considered higher class were allowed to wear decorations with diamonds Considering the meaning of the name Neftali, <coughs> which is wrestler carved upon the precious stone diamond, a weapon we need to utilize to confront the battle and battle our enemies. This is continual prayer in the power of the Holy Spirit that is in accordance to the requirements of the precious diamond stone, faceted with a brilliant polish. To be able to place it into into the into the mount uh, into the golden filigree mounting according to the Jewish rabbinate the name of God we see revealed in the precious diamond stone in Hebrew is El Hai which when translated means God is alive therefore based on the definition of the name Neftali upon the precious diamond stone we can conclude that the function of the sixth principle placed into the foundation of our continual prayer with which we need to be a continual memorial before God is our ability to allow the Holy Spirit to abide with us in our prayer battles against the power of hell which confront us when we fulfill the will of God by the name of the living God Ephesians 6:18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end with perseverance and supplication for all the Saints and so this brilliant stone needs to be continually present and and so the Holy Spirit conjoins us in our prayer battle upon one condition, and that is when our prayer satisfies the requirements of the perfect will of God contained upon the tablets of our heart in the condition of the breastplate of judgment. Jeremiah 10.10, But the Lord is the true God, He is the living God and the everlasting King. At His wrath, the earth will tremble and the nations will not be able to endure his indignation. If we look at the word alive or living when it comes to God, then this means abiding one who is, one with unconditional authority, defining Genesis, creating a Genesis, holding a Genesis, keeping Genesis, ruling over a Genesis, and commander and lord of Genesis. This is what it means living, or God is alive. Joshua 3, 10 through 13. 
And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hevites and the Perizzites and the Ger Gershonites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. And so, as you know, that when the priests put their feet into the river, they needed to draw out 12 stones from the river, and they needed to take 12 stones also from the uh, dry earth and place it into the river. Now, therefore, take for yourselves 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest on the waters of the Jordan, the water of the Jordan shall be cut off. The waters that come down from upstream, they shall stand as a heap. The nations living upon the territory of the land of Israel, who are our primary enemies, symbolize our genetic program, which we have inherited from the sinful conduct of our fathers. Sinful conduct of our fathers is the sinful life, identifying the program of the second death or eternal death. And to blot out this program of death from your essence, it is necessary in your prayer battle to counter or replace it with the program of life that is contained in the name of the living God that is presented upon the tablets of our heart, in the breastplate of judgment upon the precious diamond with the name Naphtali. In the story of Daniel, we see he was a warrior of prayer and that he possessed the quality of the brilliant stone. When human jealousy of the satraps and the princes of the Medes and the Persian Empire were successful in throwing him into the lion's den, specifically the power contained in the name of the living God closed the mouth of the hungry lions and they did not touch him. And when on the day, next day King Darius came near to the mouth of the den, sealed by his robe seal and he found him alive that he immediately commanded he be taken out of the den and that the culprits be thrown into the den in his stead and before their bodies reached the bottom of the den they were torn up by the lions after which King Darius wrote a new decree Daniel 6 26 through 28 I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men must tremble and fear before God of it the God of Daniel for he is the living God and the steadfast forever God. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. You can read the entire story of Daniel, the sixth chapter. I just took a couple of places to show in the story uh, what the name of the living God does when, it, when you have it. And so based on the decree he wrote, we see that even King Darius was confident that Daniel in his confrontation with his enemies was saved by the power of the living God. Therefore, based on the characteristics contained in the virtue of the name of God El Hai, or God is alive, we can conclude that the quality of a worshiper contained in the name of the living God is called to demonstrate a limitless or unconditional power of God over Genesis in the allotted to us time and boundaries. Therefore, so 
we, by the means of the confessions of the faith of our heart, present the characteristics of the living God in our continual prayer before God, it is necessary in the allotted to us time and boundaries of our dwelling to be dressed in, or clothed into the life of God, that is, our inner person in the resurrection of Christ, and to present the virtues and qualities of a worshiper worshiping in spirit and in truth in the qualities of the precious diamond presenting the living God with the carved upon the name of Neftali, whose name means wrestler or a man giving the Holy Spirit the ability to battle together with him against the organized powers of hell or darkness confronting us when we fulfill the will of God. I would like to present a few significantly important characteristics that every worshiper of God needs to have in their prayer battle, identified in the qualities of the name Naphtali, which you need to utilize collaborating the name of the living God with the name of the living God identified in the qualities of the diamond stone. This is why it is necessary for us to determine what goal God has or God has in his intentions when he prompts and calls his children to become warriors in prayer and what, in what way upon what conditions is God able to desire able and desires to give man the right to become a warrior in prayer so that man can present the interests of God to implement or actualize in his inheritance in God. Based on scripture, to be a warrior in prayer is the lawful and privileged inheritance of holy men of all times. This is their primary or first, mo first most purpose that is revealed in their calling, to trample upon uncleanness and the unclean in their prayer battle. This is one of the greatest positions that is gifted by God in which a person becomes a king and a priest to God and is seen by God as a brilliant stone or the diamond stone with the name Naphtali. The prayer of a warrior in prayer is a sacral or holy mystery that has an unearthly genesis. Therefore, it is an un inaccessible or to the comprehension by the human mind or with human abilities. From all, form, from all forms of service, prayer is the most difficult form of service that Christianity, for the most part, avoids, forsakes, or refuses. 1 Timothy 1.18 this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies pre previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, so that you be a wrestler. In scripture, there is one symbolic place where a man fulfilling specific conditions was able to be dressed in the, into the virtue of a warrior in prayer to inherit the promises given to Abraham. This place is called Bethel, which means the house of God. Let's look at why God desired that Abraham and Jacob make Bethel in the land of the Canaanites the place of their living. And why specifically in Bethel, fulfilling specific conditions, man received the right and quality to be a warrior in prayer, to be a brilliant stone in the eyes of God. God said to Jacob, Gen Genesis 35, 1-3, Then God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there and make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau your brother. And Jacob said to his household, to all who were with him, put away the foreign gods that are among you, purify yourselves and change your garments. Then let us arise and go up to Bethel and I will make an altar there to God who answered me in the day of my distress 
house and has been with me in my in the way which I have gone. The condition giving us the right to be warriors in prayer in the virtue of the brilliant diamond stone upon the breastplate of judgment is in the given story are the following. Put away the foreign gods. Secondly, purify yourselves. Third, change your garments. Fourth, go to Bethel. Fourth, make an altar in Bethel. And fifth, offer a burnt offering. Foreign gods is that what we depend from, what we rely on, and what is a prerogative out of God and independent from God. Christians have enough, or sufficiently enough, gods like this. They say God is their God, and He truly is, but they also have other gods, other idols that they hope upon. This is anointing, this is gifts of the Holy Spirit, this is evangelism, this is the works of the flesh. They do what they want to, not what God has called them to do. They do not have the gift of a teacher they want to teach. They don't have the gift to teach, but they want to teach. Sometimes a person does not have the gift to sing for the reason that they don't have a musical uh, uh, vocal abilities or the ability to hear music and when a person does not have the vocal abilities he doesn't know or hear that he's uh, singing between the notes and not singing correctly and so if you don't have it then God did not call you for this sing together with everyone God likes it when people sing together with everyone but when you come out to lead a service and or to, to in front of the service to sing if you want to be one who waters you need to have the ability to pass on people don't some people don't know how to are not gifted for being a teacher but they want to teach so when we ho- hope upon something but that God has but not God himself God is above the gifts of the Holy Spirit he is above any blessing people uh, any kind of blessing can be a God any kind of promise can become a God to them but when God is your treasure then you can uh, wait for God's promises as much as you need to because you have everything because God has given you all of this in himself God has all of this in himself and when he wants to give to you he is his right you are humbled because you have the Lord because you know the Lord and what else do you need <clears throat> but people who want something else what God has this talks about the fact that God does not satisfy them. They want something additional. These are these foreign gods. And we know when Jacob came out that his wife, she took gods from her father's house and took them with her. They worshipped God, but they had idols they worshipped. And if you remember, she hid him under herself. And when Laban came, if you remember, he was angry, saying, you took my gods from me. And he said, look, and he said, look for them. He didn't know his wife stole uh, stole them and she uh, pretended like she was on her monthlies uh, to uh, to uh, so that they don't uh, look under where she hid them so she sat over it so that they wouldn't be able to look there and said Jacob didn't even have it in his mind that his wife worships idols but when he found out about it he then he said 
And there were other people who also had foreign gods that came out with him. And so what is purifying yourself? This is removal of all leaven of sin from your system, identified as dead works in your conscience. These are dead works that are done out of God and not sent by God. This can be evangelism or any other service, that any kind of good work that you may do, but God was not the initiator of these things we were. Changing your garments is changing your thinking or renewing your mind by the spirit of your mind. To go to Bethel is going to the house of God and preparing your heart to listen to the word of God, because Bethel is the house of God. Making an altar in Bethel is making a decision to pursue the will of God and not your own will. To offer a burnt offering is always our motives. And this is to present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. God heard Jacob in the day of trouble only because he became a warrior in prayer upon the conditions of God. This is why Jacob received a new name or new virtue that gave him the lawful right to enter into the inheritance of his fathers. The condition that included in itself a series of components primarily was because the prayer battle of Jacob needed to be happening in Bethel, that is, in the house of God upon the place where God is vigilant over his word so that it be fulfilled. When Jacob was in Mesopotamia, God reminded him about Bethel and commanded him that he return to his homeland. Jacob arose and returned and turned his feet towards Bethel. Genesis 31:13. I am the God of Bethel where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now arise, get out of this land and return to the land of your family. Jacob coming to Bethel upon the place where God appeared to him when he was fleeing from his brother continued in a prayer battle. And like Christ being in battle, he diligently prayed, and in this prayer battle, Jacob cried and pleaded with God that God protect him from the wrath of his brother Esau. Esau, due to his jealousy towards Jacob, had the intentions to kill him. This is why Jacob needed to leave his house given to him by Isaac for many years covered uh, and covered in the land of Mesopotamia. Being in prayer all night upon the conditions of God, Jacob received the new name or a new virtue in God. This is, was a guarantee and power to enter into the inheritance given by Abraham. Genesis 32:28. And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Hosea 12:4. Yes, he struggled with angel and prevailed, with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought uh, favor from him. He found him in Bethel, and there he spoke to us. There is one other interesting detail that, that is that the meaning of Bethel as the house of God or the house of prayer before the rapture of the chosen by God remainder from the earth will again receive special significance and special status. We see this in the writing of Elijah in Bethel before he was raised into the sky. For us also, the house of God, <clears throat> and so if you remember, before he was raised to heaven, he was sent to Bethel. Firstly, for us, we need Bethel to uh, also this house of prayer in which we receive the ability to be dressed into the virtue of the name Israel, certifying us before the face of God as warriors in prayer. The etymology of the name Israel that Jacob received as a specific level and quality given 
given to us as the ability to turn and battle with God is not to battle with God but battle with death where God will help Jacob battle and overcome death therefore the essence or meaning that is contained in the name Israel in Hebrew actually means God will battle or fight for you and God will battle for you and with you quickly after the prayer battle in Bethel the sons of Jacob began to be called the sons of Israel and starting from the time of Moses the words of son of the sons of Israel, the house of Israel, the Israelites, or simply Israel, signified the whole nation that it came from Jacob. Romans 9, 6 through 8, for they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac your seed shall be called, that is, those who are the children of the flesh, those are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. And now I would like to define and build a specific system that will help us comprehend the nature and quality or signs identifying a warrior in prayer, the foundation, specific commandments, and specific fulfillment of these commandments. Based upon the revelation written in Scripture, our prayer in the quality of a warrior in prayer in the quality of a virtue of the brilliant diamond stone needs to be, our prayer needs to be relentless, persistent, diligent, diligent or zealous, with boldness, with reverence, with faith and hope upon God, with thanksgiving, with joy, in the fear of the Lord, in the Holy Spirit, or praying in tongues. This practically <clears throat> are ten sermons, although from one you can also make ten sermons uh, to look at it in its fullness which is what we will look at because before the rapture of the bride we will need to become a house of prayer not together as a whole but each individual person needs to become a house of prayer this brilliant stone, this continual prayer it's not how much I'm praying, I'll pray two hours or three hours. You can continually pray, and you will not have the necessity to go to stand on your knees. You can walk and pray, lay and pray. And, and so therefore the preamble, or before before word of the fo following signs, which are commandments, I would like to remind us that ignorance and prayer for many Christians will be a stumbling block and barrier not only for rapture before the morning star, but their salvation from death or from the threat of their uncrucified soul. Their uncrucified soul will kill them. It is necessary to make our call and our election as sons of Israel and in part Niftali sure that God gives us as an inheritance to all of his children upon his conditions. This specifically is the call and election Apostle Paul wrote about. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make their call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For this reason I will not be neg negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Second Peter 1, 10-12 To make sure our call and election as warriors in prayer, it is necessary, first of all, to know that a man that does not possess the virtue of a warrior in prayer is no longer valued in accordance to Scripture as a house of God. Isaiah 56, 7, Even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations.
specifically the quality and rank of a warrior of prayer received by us makes us a house of prayer. In accordance to scripture, a prayer that is done out of the conditions of God transforms our house from a house of prayer into a den of robbers. Then he taught saying to them, it is, not is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves, Mark 11, 17, only for, pen for the uh, for the Baptists or only for the Pentecost church or only for this when they fr only uh, allow one people to join you need to not to, you do not connect yourself to a specific denomination you need to receive all denominations you need to be a Catholic and Orthodox Baptist and all and a charismatic all those things in the Protestant you need to be able to fit all these in and be all these and open for all and understand that salvation is in all of these denominations. The warrior in prayer is the only tool that gives us the ability to cooperate with God or to seek God, to communicate with God and know God in His Word and through His Word. And this prayer begins by hearing God and only after that can it be shown in sermon, songs, prayer and in your mind as well. Psalm 46 through 8, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, my ears you have opened. You did not want to hear my prayer. You opened my ears so that I can hear you. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, Behold, I come in the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. David, as no one else, understood that the, the meaning of true prayer, you need to listen to God with the intention to immediately fulfill what you hear. The, in the house of God, the sacrifice was never and will never be the priority. If your ear is closed to listen to the word of God, then the person in his sacrifice and offerings, his prayers will always be forcing his will upon God. And when this happens, the house of prayer in the eyes of God becomes the den of robbers. Isaiah 54 and 5. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season. To him who is weary, he awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Because we have our own opinions of how to serve God, but here you need to listen. The prayer, a warrior in prayer, is first listening to what God will say to you. Therefore, take heed how you hear, for whoever has to him more will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken from him. Luke 8 18. Considering that our time is up today, we will bend our knees, who is uh, able to do this, and we will thank God that he again begins to reveal to us the meanings of Bethel, the house of God as the house of prayer. He wants to see within us his brilliant diamond so that we would be this brilliant stone, a strong and sturdy stone that no doubt would be able to come into our soul and that our prayer become without interruption, that we reach what God has called us for. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
I worship before your face in your house of prayer with your warriors, with your wrestlers that have confronted their sinful man, first of all. This is the first and hard, <clears throat> hardest and most unmerciful enemy. If your nation is successful in overcoming him, then all of hell as a whole will be afraid because all that the enemy is successful in is by this sinful self. Specifically through it, our lusts, our sinful desires prompted, and this is where a person falls, is not able to battle. But today you offer to us to become your brilliant stone with the carved out warrior of prayer so that we would be able to demonstrate your sturdiness and your word. Everything you've promised, you will fulfill it. Allow us to receive into our heart and your Holy Spirit to write as upon a signet with your diamond, the name of Neftali. We desire to be warriors of prayer. We desire to stand and be a persistent in prayer until every one of your promises is fulfilled in our, for us. Everything you have planned for us so that it be fulfilled, it cannot be fulfilled if we will not be warriors in prayer and we will not be diligent to fulfill the purpose that you have for us. You have opened up our ears so that we can hear. You have showed us that to call upon you is to bow, our knee, bend our knees and to listen to what you will say. And every time we come to our service, we prepare our heart, first of all, to hear, to know what you will say to us so that we could then respond in accordance to your will. May your mercy be blessed in this brilliant stone. Here you've shown your strength, your sturdiness, your character, your unchanging word, and you want us to be in the likeness of this brilliant stone so we be confident in your unchanging word that not the sinful self, not, the, not any other evil, organized evil, that it would not be able to break us, that they be fallen under our feet and we trample upon them as the dirt. May the name of Naphtali be blessed in our life. This is a virtue of a warrior in prayer that will wrestle, that will battle and will allow the Holy Spirit to battle together with him. Only the Holy Spirit can make our prayer as this brilliant stone diamond. Only with his support and help and only in his presence can our prayer be received by God. No other prayer can be received by God if it is without the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the spirit of comfort. Thank you for him that we can be led by your spirit, depend from your spirit and bind ourselves to him. We thank you for this guarantee that you have given to us and may your greatness be blessed for your children now and forever. May your Son be glorified, Jesus Christ, in your church and your chosen remainder. May the chosen remainder be your warriors so that you would be able to fulfill your will upon this planet Earth and for them as well. We thank you, our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
Now, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now, all of us together, let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.